You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Timberwolves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, your host here, Colt Molesky, bringing you Timberwolves content. Make sure to check out the Locked On NBA podcast. That is one of your only sources anywhere that can consistently bring you all kinds of NBA news daily throughout the week. Also, make sure you're checking out prior podcasts. Get the most information on your Timberwolves squad. Make sure to check out the Locked on T-Wolves. That's at Locked on T-Wolves Twitter account, as well as my Twitter account, at C-Molesky, M-O-L-E-S-K-Y. For any of the podcasts going up, for any other content on sports that you would like, Go check out some of those Twitter accounts and make sure to check out the Locked On NBA podcast. Again, five days a week, NBA news, NBA highlights. It's one of the only places anywhere that you can find consistent coverage throughout the week from one specific show. Make sure to check it out. Today, we're going to be covering a couple things. If you watch any of the, the Clippers-Timberwolves game, we're going to be covering some of the stuff that went down there. Just a couple of things that I'm gleaning from that game before we head over to the, uh, the Butler news. I, if, I don't know if you saw this, but Kyrie Irving is starting to make pretty official that he's going to be staying with Boston. It looks like that might be a done deal that he's going to be uh, with the Boston Celtics and going to be re-upping with them. And I think that impacts the Jimmy Butler trades. I think that that takes some teams off off the list. I don't think that the Knicks are as appealing as a trade of a trade offer for the Timberwolves because I don't know if the Knicks are going to shell out anything if they don't think they can get uh, a guy like Kyrie, uh, which was something that may have been in the works earlier. But if Kyrie is for sure staying, I don't think the Knicks want to pay as much for to get Butler there if they don't think they can get Irving there as well and make some sort of super team of their own. Uh, and, and other things, Miami, there's Miami news that uh, needs to be talked about concerning Butler. We'll get to all that. But first, let's get to the Clippers game. The Timberwolves played the Clippers, lost 128-101. Uh, just a, a bummer of a game for the Timberwolves as far as shooting. Shot 19% from three. I was gloating and glowing about the Timberwolves and their three-point shooting, and I, I always offered the caveat that this is preseason basketball, but it was nice to see the Timberwolves take uh, 33-pointers, attempt 33-pointers, and uh, to have a pretty solid three-point shooting percentage, as well as to, as to see how that opened up their offense. You saw the inverse of that. You saw what they were doing a lot of last year, which was namely not a lot of threes, really clogging the middle in the paint uh, and, and making it more more difficult than it had to be. Uh, it was a bummer uh, to see them revert back to that. And, and you saw it all across the board, too. James Nunley played some minutes. He didn't play in their first preseason game. You saw him play five minutes. He only I know five minutes is very long to be out on the, on the court, but he only shot one three. He only had one three-point attempt. Attempt. Uh, Bates Jop only had two. Okogi only had, uh, he actually had zero three point attempts. Uh, so, not a ton coming from new the new blood and the young guys on that team as far as three point shooting. Uh, Anthony Tulliver highlighted the three point shooting with four. 
And then uh, none of the starters even attempted uh, four three-pointers. Towns had the most of three attempts from the free, from the three-point line. This is important. I, I know that you can say, hey, Colton, you're blowing this out of proportion. But this is important. I think that uh, if you're not willing to experiment and you're not willing to, to try new things in the preseason, I think that shows that you're definitely not willing to try in the – in the regular season and you saw kind of the same blueprint that they had in the regular season where they really push and they really uh they they really they really try their very very hardest against the really good teams you saw against the Warriors you saw this last year when they're playing teams like the Cavs with LeBron when they're playing the Warriors when they're playing the Thunder when they're playing the Jazz they're really they're going to try a couple different things they're going to be a little more creative they're going to really push. And then when they're playing the Clippers, when they're playing the Magic, the, the Hawks, uh, they just kind of fall into this list where they expect uh, they expect their talent to be greater than any system that the other team could throw at them. And I know that it's a preseason game and you're trying a couple, you're probably trying a couple of things out. You see they had a lot of players play minutes. But I still think that it, it kind of is reflective – because of what you saw last year. And so it, it's a little discouraging to have them look a little bit the same as far as blueprint and script of how the ebb and flow of this team worked last year, kind of starting to ink into into the preseason and, and milk into the preseason. I, I think that there is a portion of this where you can say, you, where you can brush off as a preseason game, but there also it is a side to this where you say, look, it is concerning because this is exactly what happened last season. This is exactly the blueprint that they followed last season, and, and you're already seeing it in the preseason. It's just, it's not, it's not something to be. I know uber positive on Wednesday, but it's not something to be encouraged about. Uh, and and it's something to pay attention to. It is something to pay attention to. Again. In preseason, pretty much everything you talk about in preseason is putting stuff. I'm putting stuff on your guys' radar. I'm not. I'm by no means telling you uh, in any way, shape, or form to hit any panic buttons or lose your mind about anything. But I am throwing stuff up on your radar because I think you should be paying attention to it. These are the things that I'm paying attention to uh, as we get ready for the season. And I think just like in the off season when you're preparing for the preseason. Uh, the preseason is preparation for the regular season, and it is telling what you're doing in your preparation as far as what to expect uh, in your actual performance, in your real performance. And so I would like – they play the Thunder t- tonight. If you're listening to this on Friday, they play the Thunder tonight. I would really like to see uh, – and, and this is actually a good a good way to transition into – uh, into the game tonight because I did want to talk about that a little bit. But I would like to see more of a dedicated effort from them. Uh, again, being more creative, uh, doing more things around the three-point line. The, the simple fact of it is, is you've got – if you want to compete in today's NBA, you've got to have a few guys that are willing to really test the opponent's three-point defense. And they have – I think they have those guys now. I think that uh, Joshua Kogi could become one of those guys. James Dunley – I like we've talked about this time and again. He was so good in the Euro League shooting the three. He's that guy. Uh, Anthony Tolliver, he, he's a guy who can stretch the floor for you. Derrick Rose has had flashes where he can go a little bit from three. And you, again, you don't need a guy like Derrick Rose or uh, Towns or Wiggins 
any of those guys to knock down six three-pointers. But what you need is you need a group effort to really be mindful of the three-point line. And you need the coaching staff to be trying to pound away, hey, we got to incorporate plays that's going to open up more for the three-point line. We've got to have guys out there. We can't be clogging the paint. And so it does make a difference if you have a bunch of guys who throw up eggs or throw up one or two attempts from three versus if you can get Derrick Rose and Wiggins to do to throw up just three three-point attempts and now you've got guys like Tolliver, you've got guys like Nunley. Those are your three-point specialists. You've got them throwing up six, seven three-pointers in a game. While you have guys specializing in different things, if you're making a concerted group effort, then you're hitting that 30, 31 three-point attempts per game, even if it's like 28, 29. Now you're seeing a difference in the offense, and I think you're making things really, really easy for Towns. And what better way to do that, or what a – what a better matchup to do that for than against Steven Adams. If you're Towns, not only did you just get paid all this money, uh, and so you should want to go head-to-head with one of the toughest and grittiest centers in the NBA in Steven Adams, and you should want to go and, and make him look silly at home. But I think that if you're the, the Timberwolves, this is a perfect opportunity. If you're the Timberwolves coaching staff to go in and say, look, we're going to play this team – a few more times they're in our division. We're going to play them a few more times than anybody else in the NBA. And we're going to go up against guys in our, a lot this season. You got Gobert. You got Steven Adams. We're going to see them a lot. These are tough centers. We expect Towns to be better than them. But we also expect to, be, to make this easier for him because we have the guys to spread the floor. We can make this a one-on-one matchup and keep the Thunder from pulling over help defense uh, for Adams on Towns. We can do that stuff because we can spread the floor. Let's see a concerted effort from the Timberwolves to actually get that done in this preseason game. They can show flashes that already in this preseason game, even if it's just small snippets and sample sizes. You can see that already uh, from the Timberwolves by how they play against the Thunder in this preseason game. So that's what I want to see. I want to see Towns dominate his one-on-one matchup with Steven Adams, and I want to see no help defense on at a, on Towns for Adams because I want them to be spraying the floor. I want them to really clear out the paint and just make it about Towns and Adams. Another thing that you can watch is Dennis Schroeder. I know he's not on the Timberwolves, but you're going like I said, you're going to see the the Thunder a few times this season. So I think it'll be helpful. Russell Westbrook isn't playing in, in the preseason. I think it'll be helpful uh, if you're a Timberwolves fan. Just watch what they're doing with Dennis Schroeder. Uh, watch how much faith they have in him running a ton of their offense. I think it'll be telling with how, not only how they deploy their second unit, but also how much they play Schroeder in crunch time. He's a solid crunch time guy, especially when you're getting close to the playoffs. Uh, I, I think he could be a pretty solid guy to have out there in the last five minutes of a game. And I think it makes it an interesting piece. Obviously, uh, Russell Westbrook is not one to, to give up the rock, especially in a tight game late in that game. But if he does, if they can find it in Russell Westbrook to maybe let Schroeder run the offense a couple of possessions, this could be a very interesting team if you have five minutes to go and it's a three-point game and all of a sudden Russell Westbrook is running off ball again. Last year it was documented what he does off ball. It didn't look great a bunch of times. But if you can get Russell Westbrook to buy into, hey, 
for the next three possessions, we're going to have Schroeder run this, and you're just going to tear into into a defense because they're not going to be able to – they can't stop your speed, and they're definitely not going to be able to stop you when you're off ball, running around off a screen uh, to get you open, dashing towards the, the basket. It, it's going to be unstoppable. And so if he can buy into that for even just a few possessions at the end of a game, that could be a, a pretty interesting wrinkle for the Thunder on their offense. And I think it's something to look out for if you're a Timberwolves fan, just to have, again, just to just to be paying attention to, to take note of. So I would be watching Dennis, Dennis in this game. Uh, I would be watching Schroeder and how they play him and, and how that second unit looks, because that's important too. And so I would be paying attention to, to Dennis in this game as well. So those are the three things that I want you to watch in OKC versus the Timberwolves. Again, that's a home game tonight for the Timberwolves, their first home preseason game. All right, we're going to get to a break for some sponsors, and then we're going to talk about Butler. First, some sponsors. Talking about the Timberwolves preseason basketball, but now we've moved on. We've covered the Clippers. We've covered the Thunder. Now we're moving on to Butler. So I believe that if you didn't notice that Kyrie Irving uh, made it pretty clear, or at least he, he was talking a lot about uh, sticking with Boston, talking with media about staying around Boston for the long haul. It sounds like he might actually sign that extension now. I think that impacts. I think that really takes uh, the Knicks and the Nets out of contention. Those are two teams that I think uh, maybe early, if you were talking about this six months ago, you really thought that that uh, Kyrie Irving could end up at, at a New York team and then when but that he wanted to play with Butler, the reports were, and then when Butler announced a trade, and you had all the I want to play with uh, Kyrie Irving stuff going around, it seemed like a New York team wasn't a terrible uh, wasn't a terrible team to make a play for Butler, and then they could maybe the thinking there, at least the way I looked at it was, is that if they could play for Butler, then next summer they could pull Kyrie Irving and have. Uh, the potential for a super team kind of dynamic there. Now, if Kyrie's off the table, I really think that takes the New York market out of the running for Jimmy Butler. Uh, you add in the fact that Miami has really been pushing that there's been a lot of talk between Miami and Minnesota about this deal. It seems more like it likely every day that Miami is going to get this done. It's just a matter of uh, dying the T's and crossing the I's as a, and, and as far as can they agree on those T's and I's, and, and that they're the same thing. Namely, you have the Timberwolves. They desperately want to offload Gorey. If you read the report from Adrian Wojnarowski on ESPN, he had an article up talking about uh, how Miami and the, is really pushing to get a deal done. Uh, the Timberwolves really, it sounds like, uh, or Adrian Insinuate is making it sound like he, they want Bam Adebayo and Josh Richardson. If you remember the podcast we did a few shows ago talking with David, the one of the co-hosts of the Locked on Heat podcast. It sounds like Bam Adebayo is kind of off the table, but the Timberwolves are still pushing for him, uh, and, and they're pushing for Josh Richardson. They might end up with a Josh Richardson-Justice Winslow combo, I think, is, uh, is more likely. It'll be interesting, though, because if they continue to ask teams to take on this Gorgie contract, uh, there, there could be potential, and Adrian Wojnarowski impl- implied this in his article, that there could be more pieces on their way in this deal. But I really think if they're still dedicated to getting rid of Gorgie, 
I think you've got to give up a young piece. I think there, it's going to be one of those where they get two guys and maybe a couple draft picks, and they send Jimmy Butler, Gorgie, and then maybe just off the top of my head, maybe like a Tyus Jones or something to uh, to the Heat, or or maybe they send probably not Justin Patton, but maybe maybe Akita Bates' job. I don't know. I, I don't know if they part with. Uh, one of their draft picks for this last draft so soon, but it really feels like if they are asking a team for young talent, a lot of young talent picks and to take the Gorgie contract, because you got to remember the the Timberwolves giving Gorgie to a team. Isn't the Timberwolves losing an asset is the Timberwolves gaining an asset, namely more cap space. So for the Timberwolves to get that third asset, namely more cap space by getting rid of Gorgie's contract, you've got to probably give up a young piece as well or or give up a draft pick, one of those two. And so the Timberwolves are going to have to give up Jimmy Butler and something else if they want to get rid of Gorgie, which seems to be kind of their, main, the, their number one goal in this because they have not pushed through a, a Jimmy Butler deal like they kind of said they wanted to do right away from the jump. And so that means that Gorgie, getting rid of Gorgie is more important than them trying to figure out how to make Jimmy Butler not play any games with the Timberwolves this season. So it's going to be interesting to see what a team like Miami wants from the Minnesota Timberwolves in addition to Gorgie and Jimmy Butler if they are uh, figuring out a way to, to get Gorgie's contract on the books. And it'll also be interesting to see if the Timberwolves, if they are going to end up doing a deal with Miami, if they're able to pry away Bam Adebayo, but I feel like it's more likely that they get a Josh Richardson and Justice Winslow combination there. Also, something to look out for, again, I, I, I do think that it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's still not out of the woods yet that you could grab a third team to help with all the cap. Uh, that's going to need to be all the cash space and money that's going to need to be moved around. I do think you grab a, grab a third team like maybe the Kings to add into this trade and, and to help complete the, the Timberwolves dream of getting Gorgie's contract off the books as well as moving Jimmy Butler. That's still all in the works, but it seems like Miami is kind of a place that this is all ending up. That's where the deal is going to get done. And so now uh, if you can get Gosh, if you could get Bam out of bio, that would be amazing. But even Josh Richardson and Justice Winslow, I think, would be a, a pretty solid trade for the Timberwolves. Uh, that, that's your kind of Jimmy Butler update. Uh, narrowing down the teams slowly but surely, you've got teams like Houston was in the works. They don't really have that much cap space. It's tough for me to see them doing anything because, again, if the Timberwolves really want to get rid of Gorgie's contract that bad, then they're definitely not going to be able to take on Gorgie's contract, especially because they don't even have – that much money for Jimmy Butler right now. But as we narrow down these teams and get closer to the season, it gets more exciting every day to see how this is going to continue to play out. You've got plenty of ruffle feathers between both sides of this. And so if they can't get this done by the season and Jimmy Butler ends up having to come back again, you saw from Glenn Taylor that they're hoping to get Jimmy Butler uh, in practices by the end of this week. But it sounds like he won't be back till next week because of the the wrist surgery that he had the off season, man, it is going to be interesting. If you have Jimmy Butler in the, in the same, uh, in the same building as this team and this front office, but 
every day that this deal doesn't get done, we're getting closer to that. And it'll be interesting. It'll be fascinating. It'll be a show for sure. And I'm here for all of it, as I hope that you guys are as well. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in to all of my nonsense. And remember, pay attention to those OKC tidbits. Pay attention to how they use Dennis. Pay attention to how they attack the three-point line and make space for Towns. And watch Towns. Hopefully, he can demolish Steven Adams and look like the man that they paid all that money to see. Thank you so much for listening, folks, to another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.